start out on Vulcan. It looks great. I love the ship. I love the unnecessarily complicated landing platform. It was very Star Wars. I was ready for Padme to step oh. out. Well, I felt like uh, Enterprise was the first time we really saw a lot of Vulcans. Uh, but, you know, again, we're getting kind of the Abrams-quality graphics in weekly Star Trek. This is uh, Sarek. He's going off on a mission. We're really not sure about the mission. Uh-huh. But he says something funny for a Vulcan. He says, ignorance can be beneficial. Yeah, we get a lot about him and his... He likes humans. We don't know where he's going. We get a very briefly introduced character that we don't know anything about yeah. that's going with him, I guess. <laughs> but smash cut to what I think is the best sunroof I've ever seen, definitely on a starship. It is a roof covering the bridge. Oh, I can't use that word. Uh, the... Uh, pylon? Pylon? Corridor? There's got to be a word we don't know um, here. <laughs> Skybridge? Skybridge, yeah. They were on a Skybridge. Yeah. Me and Michael are uh, running. So apparent, but apparently the connecty bits between the spinning parts of the saucer section have skylights, which is super cool. I do kind of wonder, like, this this seems impractical for everyone else who's just trying to, like, walk through the ship. How yeah. many people jog in the average day? Like, yeah. wouldn't there always be people running through the corridors in workout <laughs> equipment? Didn't Denzel Washington do it on Red October? No, not Red October. What am I saying? Uh, Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. He did it on Crimson Tide. Did he? Okay. That's a very small confinement. Wow, that's, yeah, that's not very far to run. <laughs> I would think they would have some space treadmills or something. Uh, I, I suppose the saucer section is a giant treadmill, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait till that episode happens when it's spinning, but they gotta catch up with Ooh. the corridor. Oh, and there's gonna and be something where they have to jump, like, through a doorway or something. Tilly says, thank goodness you made me run, Michael. Uh, I'm a good runner now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> End of season one predicted. Okay, but the best part of the scene, obviously, is their disco t-shirts, which... Okay, it took me... To it took me, like, a solid half hour to figure this out. It's short for Discovery. Oh, I was giggling the entire time. You didn't catch up? No. I was just like, <laughs> why do their dying. shirts say disco? And then I moved on. So do you think people on the Enterprise are Enter? The shirts just say Enter? But see, I don't know. Or would it, would it say Ent? End? I know there's been some discussion about what Discovery should be uh, abbreviated yeah, to. Yeah, I've seen DISC. I haven't yeah. seen DISCO. D D S C. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the fan community's got to catch up. It's obviously DISCO. The showrunner's telling us right now. Hashtag DISCO. I think so. Uh, I was curious if this is a reference to some kind of real-life thing, like if it's if it's common for uh, like workout shirts to abbreviate the name of the ship or something, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Is that a thing? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> if you are in the military, please write in and let us know. Yes. We're I'm, I'm curious about this. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just kind of a weird choice. Now we get to see Ash Tyler, uh -huh. who turns out is from Seattle, but not quite. Not really Seattle. No, he's from Issaquah, I think I caught. We're from Seattle. Turns out this is being brought to you from the windy parks of Seattle. Yes. <laughs> well, this is a fun scene because the captain and Ash are fighting things out with the Klingons. Yep, you know, they're team building and stuff. They're basically playing video games together. I couldn't tell. Were they doing, like, the O'Brien-Bashir thing playing in the holodeck? Because they were pretty serious. Mm. So it's like almost like the captain has picked a squad and uh -huh. he's, like, wants to train up his well, squad. And it's, it's funny because it really was very video game-like. I mean, they're just mowing down, like, tons of Klingons in a ridiculous way. Yeah, as Michael kind of says in this episode, uh, when it's it's revealed that Ash has killed six, the story is he's killed six Klingons in their escape, and she's like, I fought Klingons, there's no way he killed six, but they went through like 12 or, no, 46 Klingons they killed. Uh, between them, 30, 30, no, it was like 50 something, because... 24 and 22 were the numbers. But But the plot point there was that Ash was lying about it. He said he got 22, and then the captain went and looked at his gun... 
which for some reason shows how many kills they get, and it said like 36. And that makes more sense now when Ash was apologizing and the captain said, never apologize for greatness. Yeah. So he was saying like, you know, captain says something about like, you know, don't try to be modest, be great, <laughs> whatever. The captain likes his action hero, which I'm, I'm happy about because I feel like he's just been a weird, creepy guy. And yeah. now we need to dive in a little and see what's actually happening. And, you know, I think it's, I always thought it was worth maintaining some faith that the, the plot was going somewhere with this. <laughs> he, he's not unnecessarily creepy. You have faith, yeah. Someone's going to make a point out of there being holodecks. At this point, I think they just don't even care. They're just, whatever technology seems good, put it in. Yeah, and this feels like a primordial holodeck in that I feel like they were staying in the same position, a la today's VR kind of technology. Oh, you know, that's a good point. They kind of were. And it it wasn't really interactive. You know, they weren't, like, doing hand-to-hand or anything. They were just, they were shooting, they were playing laser tag. This was very fancy laser tag, yeah. So I don't think the holodeck uh, timeline people... (laughs) <laughs> it'll be okay <laughs> and one more little thing about this is the the tactical vests there's a little silver like insignia on the collar and it's been just bugging the hell out of me because i can't figure out if it's just a design or if it's a symbol it's or... not a rank pip or... no everybody I mean, has the same tell. everybody oh. has the same one i can't figure out what it is these starfleet uniforms have a bit of bling on them though so i would just kind of leave this to that's i mean it could just be decoration Let's not miss the most important part here, where Sarek is on his shuttle, away on his mission, and it turns out his little buddy that we just met is a saboteur. He's a logic extremist. Extremely logical. Uh, And he injects himself with the extremis uh, serum. Oh, well, he was not one of the chosen ones. The experiment failed for him. Clearly. And he exploded, but not first before explaining to us that the reason he's blowing himself up is to become a martyr for his cause. Yeah. His cause is we hate humans, we don't want integration with humans. I mean, basically, his cause is Vulcan purity the same as as the Klingons are into Klingon purity. You're right. Okay, so we have two fundamentalist sides. Right, so I guess that's kind of interesting that we've got the, you know, um, forces on both sides that don't want peace. So will we get the uh, human side of this? Will we have fundamentalist humans a la Enterprise? (laughs) I was going to say, we we did that plot arc. (laughs) I hope we don't revisit it. It wasn't my favorite part of Enterprise. So the ship gets bombed. Uh, Sarek manages to throw up a force field. Yep, so he's not dead, but they show the ship adrift. Right. And then credits. And then we come back to the mess hall, and Michael is making Tilly eat uh, egg white burritos. Oh, right. We, we, can't, <laughs> we can't forget this part. The replicator turns out to either A, love to inform you on topics, or B, um. is incredibly snarky and bored and likes to lecture you. Like, it's like it has tooltips for the food. I think it's being snarky. I, I kind of think it's being snarky. So far, I feel like it's, it's mostly been the replicator that's been snarky that's how it expresses its snark <laughs> and i think it even says delicious egg whites and black beans maybe i don't know it sounds yeah. too healthy for me mm. they go over to meet ash tyler because he's famous on the ship this is when michael trips out a bit and i thought for a moment we were gonna get a time loop episode oh did you yeah because... i thought i thought maybe she was sensing that ash is a klingon Oh, I, it could have been that, too. Because we still don't know. There's something up with Ash. But right. We don't know yet. We don't He's know. too good to be true. Too handsome. Too nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Michael sees uh, someone laying across the room while her head is spinning. And this is when she gets thrown across the universe in her crazy Vulcan mind melt. Literally astral projection. It is. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> Mixing universes. <laughs> 
she zapped over to the day she she zapped into a flashback scene <laughs> she did zap into a flashback <laughs> and it's a terrible day it's the day that Sark breaks the news to her that right. she cannot join the Vulcan expeditionary crew because uh, what her logic wasn't strong enough her martial arts weren't strong enough what was the uh, other excuse I, I think it was just that I mean that she was human yeah, Basically. well, I mean, that, those were the undertones, but he had excuses yeah. why she wasn't allowed in. Yeah. But this is obviously a terrible moment for Michael. Is this the jerk. first time that we've seen Amanda? Uh, she, she was, like, off to the side a few yeah. times. This is our first, yeah, full view. Yeah, of, she's talking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not Wyona Ryder. I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> I was really looking forward to her being in the... I guess she's off on Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, well. So we get a little bit of backstory here, but not too much. Uh, Sarek notices she's there in the mindscape and ejects her. Yeah, this is kind of cool. So it was they have cool. a little kung fu match. A little Vulcan. A little, uh, little Matrix moment. Yeah, and he threw her right out of that Matrix mm-hmm. even though it's his katra, his mind meld that brought her there. Right, right. He's still rejecting her because as we'll learn later, he does not want her around. Um, oh, and something else that came up that I thought was interesting is the time, I, I think I had these confused, the time he saved her life by doing the mind meld and the katra thing, mm-hmm. that was different from the time her parents died. Yeah. Like, her parents died in a bombing She's attack. She's two big tragedies. Yeah. Once when she lost her parents, and a second time when she was attacked at a Vulcan Academy. Right, right. And I think that's, I had those confused. Or maybe they just hadn't made I'm that clear not. yet. I'm still not. I'm 90% <laughs> sure. <laughs> By season three, we'll have it all worked out. But now, the captain is getting a talking to from the Admiral. Yes, from the, the Vulcan Admiral. They're unhappy with what Lorca is doing. Michael asked him to go save Sarah, and he agreed, which uh-huh. I was actually a little surprised at, but yeah, he's the gung-ho type. It's kind of interesting, because the way they're framing his actions makes them seem a little unhinged and a little whatever, but like a lot of the stuff is like, Picard would totally do that. You know what the difference is? It's the lighting. I think it's the lighting. The card was evenly lit. We trusted him. <laughs> but Lurka does not like light, so we don't trust him. <laughs> no, but he, he showed his true colors, and actually we'll learn that he was actually being pragmatic here. He is yeah. building a squad, and he wants his squad in good form, and they have to be emotionally stable. they got to not be having any problems. Well, that's, that's the charitable way to look at it. The, the huh. less charitable way is that he wants people that are loyal to him. Oh, you saw it that way? He's I- engineering loyalty. I, I agree he's engineering loyalty, but without the nefarious overtone that you're thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking more Ender from Ender's Game. It's all shades of gray here, right? Yeah. So at the end of this, he just kind of hangs up on the Admiral, which I thought was funny. But he decides that they're going to go looking for Sarek, um, and so they take off towards the, the nebula where he was last seen. Turns out, of course, it's jamming the sensors because of nebulas course. are terrible. Nebulas jam all the important stuff. There's one thing Star Trek has taught me. We need to stay out of nebulas in the uh, future. For real. Um, so they do some Star Trek stuff and build a mind meld machine. Michael, ever the problem solver, <laughs> decides, well, I'm mind melding across the galaxy, so let's do this. We can do it in a nebula. And then engineering friend gets totally on board. Uh-huh. I love this scene because <laughs> he was just so excited for this. He's working on a biological pathway. Right. And he's like, well, there's a consciousness one too. <laughs> Yeah, let's totally mix these two technologies. What do I have to grow to get into that? (laughs) It was a great scene. He's Mm -hmm. really grown on me. And I was wondering if Stemets actually got stabbed by the needles again. Right, right. I was curious, too, if they had come up with a better method yet. Apparently not. (laughs) No, he says, you know, once you get past the needle stab, it's not so bad. (laughs) Poor guy. 
So everyone's on board. We're gonna take a shuttle. We're uh-huh. gonna use Michael. She's gonna somehow sense the uh-huh. presence. Uh, she's being assisted by Tilly. Injecting her with neurostimulants. Is that what they're doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Um, and then they're being piloted uh, by Ash, who the captain has a little conversation with before they leave. We establish a pecking order. He says, uh, you know, bring her back in one piece or something like that. Implies that he means Michael. And then said, did he seriously say, or don't come back at all? Yes. Wow. He totally did that. He did a Leia thing. Bring back my son. Yeah. Or don't come back at all. Yikes. Yeah. So the captain does have two squad mates, but definitely Michael's on top. <laughs> yes. Uh, apparently she's very important to whatever he has planned. So I have to ask why. Like, we we know his excuse. She's good at science and she's uh-huh. a commander. But why? Yeah. That is... Because he seems very intent on this. Like, he definitely has an overall plan. And she seems to be part of it uh, at any cost. I think since he's so hung up on the Klingons and the war, it must have something to do with her involvement in that first battle. So after they head out, uh, he gets a call from another admiral. (laughs) Yes, uh, this is his admiral friend. He Uh says, I'll take it in my ready room. And and Sarah says, well, no, actually she's here. (laughs) Which totally (laughs) tripped me up. I thought she was a hologram in the beginning. And this is to give a little performance review of the captain because, A, you don't hang up on admirals. Uh, Red flag. Yeah, yeah. So they have a little conversation about that and how apparently he uh, did some psychovals and passed them, but... He's not really interested in being analyzed. What he's interested in is diverting the conversation however he can. Yes. And that involves an almost steamy scene. Actually, it was a steamy scene. We just didn't get to see it. True. Him and the Admiral hook up. Maybe it was her playing him. Hard to say exactly now that we know what happened, but at the time... I was pretty impressed with the holographic technology. <laughs> I was still confused. <laughs> so we go back to the shuttle, and they fire up the mecha mind meld, and she jumps back into Sarek's mind, uh, and we get more flashback. This time she's going back with more of a purpose. She knows she has to interact with him because she needs to go save him. Before right. she didn't know what was going on. And they get in a little, like, Vulcan kung fu fight. This was a fun fight. Lots of Chinese martial arts here, Falcon. Mm-hmm. She's obviously pretty good. Yeah, even though he was dissing her in the beginning, but he's pretty good. He, he is. Uh, he kicks her out again. <laughs> well, this is kind of funny because she explicitly told Tilly not to pull her out anymore. However, Ash overrides that and pulls her out. Right, he pulls rank. <laughs> I like that he pulled rank. I mean, it's a very military thing to do, and it's actually very proper in that situation she has no rank he sh- she should listen to him <laughs> and, but this- and andy has very explicit instructions to you know not let her die yeah his life is kind of on the yeah. line here too <laughs> at the same time he's really assimilated back into the starfleet lifestyle already he's pulling rank and it's his first time <laughs> his first week off a of prison ship yep and and also we're diving into a another classic classic star trek trope of someone is uh, in someone else's mind or dreamscape or alien dimension or something and says, you know, don't don't pull me out no matter what, even if I look like I'm dying. Again, O'Brien and Bashir. Oh, yeah. When they went into the Section 31 guy's yep. head yep. and the world was crumbling beneath them. Yep. And they said, well, we're going to stay in here. And then it became very inceptiony. And I'm still not sure if they're out or not. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, <laughs> 50, I think, 50 I think the rest of Deep Space Nine took place in... <laughs> In there. Section <laughs> We have two plot lines to wrap up at this point. Um, we get the captain and the admiral, um, and they wake up post-steamy scene. 
Seems like a regular morning. uh Uh-huh. And and Lorca has a little PTSD moment where he pulls a phaser on her. It's not a little moment. He chokes her. Yeah, it's It's pretty bad. It's quite a moment. And so she kind of freaks out and says, like, okay, you're clearly damaged. We need to talk about what to do about you. She's not happy with him, obviously, and basically says he's got to step down. Yeah. And it's not an if or anything like that. You are stepping down. Yeah. Which makes the timing of the next scene very awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Because Burnham, she is actually successful, eventually, in reaching Sarek. Mm -hmm. Sarek finally relents and says, fine, I'll show you this memory. I'll Uh tear down my emotional barriers. What happened? I think this actually strengthens some Star Trek lore about, like, you know, one of the reasons that Spock and his father had such a poor relationship is when Spock chose to go into Starfleet, he wasn't just, I guess, kind of abandoning his his Vulcan side. He was making that choice that Sarek made uh, kind of for nothing. A, you're keeping a secret from your child. B, for no reason. <laughs> and she's like, well, why didn't you just tell me? He's like... But it was bad. This really took some time to expand on the backstory. But secrets revealed. He turns on the transponder, and they're able to find him, but he's quite injured. He is. Injured so much, he's not going on his mission anymore. Yes. Uh, So, (laughs) Lorca makes the totally logical suggestion uh, that the Admiral should just go in his place. This was a trap for her, He knew that from the beginning. But it's also terribly predictable. Should the Admiral have gone? No, absolutely not. Like, there are situations where you send a specific diplomat to contact a specific party because they have a relationship or a trust or something. The Klingons do not want to talk to a Starfleet Admiral. I mean, they did, obviously, but not that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is, like, the most obvious setup ever, I think, and clearly not going to work out well. And it wasn't the next scene, but it might as well have been. Yeah. She gets captured by the Klingons. Gee, you know what? That is not very honorable. No, that, Cole. Cole is behind it all. He is a dishonorable Klingon. <sighs> he can't wash his face, and he's dishonorable. <laughs> oh, so the the two red shirts get killed. Uh-huh. Red shirt count is at like eight thousand now. <laughs> um, so the very the very predictable scene goes down where she gets kidnapped. We saw it coming. Yep. You should have seen it coming too, Admiral. I'm sorry, but you just told a guy that you're throwing him off of his throne. You can tell he's crazy, yeah. and then you take his recommendation. Sorry. I like. I also like how the Klingons killed like the, the three or four representatives of the host planet. Like, that. that's all of them. Yeah. No, nobody else is going to come and check on this conference room. No, they have bad security. Yeah. That's probably why they picked that planet. <laughs> <laughs> so the captain's informed of this kidnapping, and he had just somewhat of an expressionless face so you could paint on him whatever emotion you wanted to paint on him so which yeah. emotion did you paint on the captain this was just like the the requisite follow-up to that deception right all a part of my plan he was stroking the kitten then basically he might as well have been he's like oh well you know now i'm into starfleet's plan we should probably call them and you know see what we should do yeah i read a tiny bit of sadness into it maybe because i want him to be <laughs> I felt like he was, like, a little sad, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I put that plan into motion. I feel like he'll get over it pretty fast. (laughs) We have a couple of other character-building scenes. What do we got? We have uh, Michael talking to Sarek, fairly unproductive. Yeah, uh, if this was (laughs) Next Generation, they would have had a heart-to-heart talk here. Uh But instead, they both, well, Sarek in particular, stayed in character Uh, and said, I don't remember talking to you in my hallucinogenic dreams. Neither of them even threw out a live long and prosper there. They just walked away. Yep. 
Uh, uh, she then complains to Ash that, yeah. you know, dads <laughs> can't talk to him. <laughs> she finally finds somebody to open up to, apparently. Yeah, everyone likes Ash, yeah. including Michael, it yeah. looks like. Yeah. I feel like there was a lot of character development. So much character development in this episode. And really, not a lot of action if you don't include the, the video game in the beginning. And uh, that was it. I guess the Vulcan Kung Fu. Well, we do know one new piece of info. The captain is out. He's on borrowed time right now because the Admiral disappeared. Yep. So chances are she didn't report back to Starfleet yet. We don't know quite. I, I mean, if if it was following any kind of logic, she did. Yes. But, but so far she know. hasn't been very smart, so probably not. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see if the captain mounts a rescue. Mm-hmm. And Tilly is only six seconds from moving on to captain. Yeah. Maybe she'll go be a captain on a Vulcan ship. Oh, yeah. Cool. They did say she can make it to the Enterprise. So yeah. I can't wait to read about it. <laughs>